Hey y'all, my name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor at Emmanuel and Hookset. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Our goal is to be a blessing to everyone who listens as you continue on your journey of faith. It's also our hope that you'll be encouraged to find a church to belong to so you can plug into that congregation and bless others with the gifts and experiences that God has entrusted you with. Well, I hope this podcast is a blessing to you and encourages you to get out there and be the blessing. God bless. Independence holiday weekend, and um, I want to recognize that, that we live in one of the greatest countries of the world, and unfortunately, it's a country that is greatly, greatly divided at this time. Just wanted to make a few comments on that. During this time of our nation's history, we face an almost perfect storm causing unprecedented or near unprecedented division. It's a sad day when sources that we used to be able to trust wholeheartedly have become corrupt and divisive, when our politicians on both sides of the aisle have portrayed dishonesty and willingness to destroy rather than debate. I don't think anyone can claim moral high ground. We need a voice of one crying in the wilderness to point the way to peace once again. That was a message last week, blessed are the peacemakers. And sadly, it seems that Christians have lost their way as well. The only hope for this nation is not going to be found in who wins the White House, who wins the Senate, Or who wins the house? The only hope for our nation is Jesus Christ. He is the only one who makes men of all colors, nations, and cultures one. In the book of Ephesians, there were two cultures, the Gentiles and the Jews. And they had extreme prejudice toward one another. And they both claimed the high ground. The Gentiles claimed the intellectual high ground and the Jews claimed the moral or spiritual high ground. And into that division, Paul stepped and said, Jesus has broken down the wall of division between you and made of two, one new man. He is the only hope for our country. He is the one that breaks down walls of separation. And he is the only great Savior of all mankind, but Christians have forgotten. We've forgotten that we're not to sit on the sideline and ignore the call of God, the greatest call of the great commandment and the great commission, which is to bring the gospel to all men and make disciples of all men. And we need to rise up and focus on him who is worthy and love our brothers love our neighbors, and love our enemies. And that is my call to our country, to, to the few that I have influence over this morning. We have a greater call. We have a greater mission. 
And we are citizens of a heavenly country. And as we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount and the, and the great Beatitudes, we see that we are held to a higher law. Not just a higher calling, but a kingdom living. And I'd like to take a moment to pray for our country and for our church and for Christians across the country who are seeming to lose their way, being caught up. Lord, I pray first that You'd fill me with the Holy Spirit. I've confessed my sins this morning and I pray that You'd cleanse me and fill me with the person, the presence of Your Holy Spirit that I may be guided by Him. Lord, hold me in Your hand as I bring this message to Your people. May we not lose our priorities. May we not lose our focus. And Lord, I pray for our nation so divided and so broken and and so many people who think they know everything about every situation, but so many of us are woefully ignorant. And there's almost nothing worse than an ignorant person standing firmly in their ignorance. Lord, open our eyes to the needs of our brothers and sisters around the country. But Father, I pray for the Christians that Christians would live by a kingdom law, that we would recognize we are citizens of a heavenly country, and that we would live like, love like, look like, and act like Jesus Christ, who for the sake of those who hated Him, went to the cross, despising the shame, but embracing the joy that He would reconcile those enemies to Himself and to You, Father. Oh Lord, heal our land but heal our Christians first. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Today we are moving on to bruises to blessings. Bruises to the blessings. So the first several Beatitudes that we've looked at were characteristics, actions on the part of those who would believe. Right? Blessed are the poor, needy in spirit. Mercy, right? Kind and compassionate, willing to forgive. Uh, blessed are the peacemakers, the character of being a peacemaker, one who steps into conflict, and this is what's missing in our world, steps into conflict and attempts to bring the peace of Jesus with them. Right? Blessed are those who mourn. We went through the Beatitudes and we saw the characteristics of Christians, the characteristics of Christians, and now we see what the outcome of being a Christian could be. Certainly, first of all, if we are believers, we are assured of a home in heaven. We are made citizens of a heavenly country. We, may, we are made children of the King, right? When we turn to Jesus Christ as the only source of salvation, not our religion, not our morality, not our good works and our good deeds, but we come to that place where we recognize, blessed are the poor in spirit, that we are needy in spirit, that we cannot satisfy this need with anything else but Christ. When we have done that, we have come to Christ and called on God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, to be our one and only Savior. Repenting from our way and turning to His way, we become kids of the King. Kids of the King, are you a child of the King? Have you trusted in Jesus 
for your eternal life. If you haven't, I challenge you this morning, I begged you this morning, would you trust in Jesus? He's the only one to bring hope and peace into our shattered worlds. And he will walk with you through whatever persecution, whatever trouble, whatever trial you are facing, he is walking and will walk with you through it if you trust him as your Savior. That's where it begins, and then we move on to Matthew uh, chapter 5, and we see this, blessed are those who are persecuted, who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted, That seems like a paradox. It seems like it can't possibly make sense. Happy, joyful, content are you when you are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And yet, this is what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us that we are blessed when we are persecuted. He goes on and he elaborates. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely Underline that in your scriptures. Falsely. When they say all kinds of evil against you, falsely, for my sake, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. That's a, listen, that's an instruction. We are instructed to rejoice and to be exceedingly glad. For, so, uh, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That's how, we, that's how we rejoice. I, I used to knock on doors. And um, sometimes when you're knocking on doors and inviting people to church or talking to them about their eternal life, you knock on some doors where people revile you. Where they say all manner of evil against you falsely. Uh, we were in Canada knocking on doors when I was a youth pastor here. Um, Josh, were you with us when they burned our track and threw it down into the street. It was, the, it was probably the first time I've seen that kind of intensity in the hatred for the message of Jesus. And the Bible says rejoice. I think far too often we get discouraged. No one wants to listen to my message. No one wants to be my friend. No one wants to love me. No one wants to love Jesus. No one wants to hear about Christ. And we get discouraged when we should be encouraged and choose Joy, that's what he's saying, choose joy when you're maligned for my sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Listen now, persecution doesn't always mean physical or financial abuse. Here Jesus explains that included in this blessing are those who are lied about, who are verbally assaulted, as well as physically assaulted. Now I've heard Christian pastors say this. We don't know what persecution is like in this country. And I would say that Jesus says that if people are lying about you and speaking evil of you, that you join him in this blessing. You do not have to lose your property. You do not have to lose your family, be beaten, be beheaded for the sake of Christ to enjoy the blessings of persecution. Enjoy the blessings. Blessings of, dude, he turns bruises 
to blessings. Look over to Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. And, and listen, man, I would challenge you to read from chapter 5, verse 17, all the way down. But for the sake of time, I'm going to focus in here at verse 40. And they agreed with him. And when they had called for the apostles, listen, so this is, these are the Jewish elders, the religious elders, and they agree with this one man. And, and they're talking about these people preaching in the name of Christ. And so they agree with him and they called the apostles and they beat them and commanded them that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council. Listen now, they departed from the presence of the council after being bruised, after being beaten. And what did they do? Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame. For his name, and daily in the temple, and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus Christ. They were called by the authorities, stood before the authorities, and the authorities demanded that they stop preaching the gospel of Jesus. They stop telling the world about Jesus. They stop making disciples to Jesus. And they beat them. And immediately when they left, they were rejoicing. And then they were preaching and teaching. Peter said this famous phrase, Shall we be, obey man rather than God? We obey God rather than man. They departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for his, shame, for his, for his name. Bruises to blessings, persecution, misunderstanding, being lied about is part of life for those who believe. At some point, at some point, listen now, at some point, if you are a true believer, your belief will impact your life. It will impact how you live. It will impact your walk. It has to. If what you believe has no impact on how you live, do you really believe? If what you believe has no impact on how you live, do you really believe? And so, at some point in your life, you will have to convict the culture you find yourself in. Not even necessarily by opening your mouth, just by living your life. By living a life of honesty and integrity. By not participating in sinful activities with your friends, with your family. It doesn't mean that you stand in judgment of them. You just don't partake with them. And your presence will be convicting to them. While they speak hate of other people, and other groups of people, you don't join them in that. You do the opposite. You speak love. And you speak peace. And you will convict the culture you find yourself in. And when you do, don't expect the culture to embrace you. We must learn to have the attitudes of the apostles. They rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Peter was rejoicing. When was the last time you rejoiced because you suffered shame 
for his name. You were counted worthy. I love what he's saying here. God counted me worthy to put me in this position to suffer like my Savior. So much of the time we look at the resurrection of Christ and we can't wait for our resurrection. We can't wait to join him in glory. And Paul in Philippians says he wanted to know him in his sufferings, not just in his resurrection. 1 Peter, take a walk with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. You think Peter knows what he's talking about? You think Peter suffered some fiery trials? I think he did. We just read where he did. He was beaten and bruised, possibly bleeding for his testimony and his witness of Christ. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of the glory of God rests upon you. On their part, the people who are persecuting you, he's blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. Oh, and then Peter says this, and this stings, doesn't it? It stings today. Does this sting today? Let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. That is not suffering for the name of Jesus. If anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins at us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one, if the righteous one's belief is not impacting his behavior, if the righteous one's belief is not impacting his behavior. If the righteous one is scarcely saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. And the point I want to bring up this morning is I want to bring up this. Let none of us suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evil doer. I think that kind of covers everything else. You're a liar. You're a cheat. You're a backbiter. You're a backstabber. You name it. There are Christians who do not behave as Christ and who are persecuted and they claim persecution and they're not. They're persecuted for their behavior which is counter to Christ. Folks, we must suffer as a Christian because we are Christ-like. He said, blessed are you if you suffer for righteousness' sake, if you're persecuted for righteousness' sake. And then he goes on and he elaborates and he says this as he explains what he said, right? In Matthew, he says, for my sake. For my sake. Who is our righteousness, Christian? Christ is our righteousness. We don't, this is, this is here we go, Lord, thank you. This is where we don't walk around as self-righteous, holier than thou, judgmental, condemning, hateful believers because we know our righteousness is in Christ. And when we live as Christ, we're not trying to prove a point. We're just living like the one who saved us and lives in us and has poured his righteousness out upon us. 
And we certainly recognize in in an air of humility that we are only in a better position of those around us. Not of a higher value. You follow? So when we suffer, we should suffer for His sake, not our sake. There's too many believers crying that they're persecuted. Crying that, that they're persecuted when they're not persecuted. They cry wolf. They don't act like Christ. They don't live like Christ, love like Christ, give like Christ. And yet they cry that they're being persecuted. They're ungodly. And they deserve the suffering that comes their way. Peter said, let none of us suffer as one who doesn't know Christ. I'm paraphrasing. Let none of, let none of us suffer who are Christians as those who don't know Him, as those who don't live like Him as those that don't love like Him. Moving on, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. This uh, this is up in the Bible app, by the way. If you have your Bible app open, you should find the um, sermon notes there. And our hope for you is steadfast because we know that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so you will also partake of the consolation. That's good news. Why can I rejoice? Why could I rejoice when the guy lit the track on fire and threw it out in the street at us? Why could I rejoice when I walked into the office when I worked a secular job or like a regular job? And I, and I just happened to say, I'm just glad I'm going to heaven when I die. And, and the office person started demeaning me and, and cutting me down. And I looked at her and I said, I'm not going to heaven because I'm good. I'm not going to heaven because I'm better than you. I'm going to heaven because Jesus saved me. You misunderstand. She didn't want to hear it. But I partake in the consolation of Jesus. Jesus is my peace. Jesus is my joy. And whatever happens to me happens to him. Therefore, do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being being renewed day by day for our light affliction. I love how Paul puts this. Now, Paul the Apostle was stoned. And I don't mean he was smoking one. He was stoned for Jesus. I mean, they threw rocks at him. Right? He He was brutally beaten for Jesus. He was in prison for Jesus. He was driven out of town for Jesus. He was unrighteously judged for Jesus. And yet he says, our light affliction. How can he call it a light affliction? Because he had an eternal perspective. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. For things which are seen are temporary, but things which are not seen, those are eternal. And so if we're going to have our bruises turn to blessings, we need to learn to look. We need to learn to look. With the Apostle Paul, We need to gain an eternal perspective. Christian, 
We need to recognize that we are citizens of a heavenly country first. We need to recognize that our call is to evangelize the world. That we're called to go to people who are not like us, and we're called to people who are not like us. We are called to go to people who do not like us. Wait, what was that, Lord? Oh yeah, we're called to go to people we do not like. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes preaching's easy. He's just like, hey, don't forget to say this. I'm like, I didn't even know I was supposed to say that. He's like, oh yeah, you are. I'm like, great, this is so cool. By the way, faithful is he who calls you who will also do it. This is his promise to me. You stay faithful to my word, and I'll make sure you get a message to preach. We need to learn to look to have an eternal perspective. We need to learn to sense, and I have been preaching this since December of last year, we need to learn to understand the presence of Jesus is with us right now. If you begin to understand and live in the presence of Christ, it will be impossible for you to hate those people that you don't like. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 says this, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, what does it say? Will suffer persecution. When we live like Jesus, love like Jesus, act like Jesus, we will suffer persecution. So the challenge here, my friends, is keep the faith. Oh, don't walk away from your faith. Don't walk away from what you know to be true. Don't backslide and join those who are turning away because it gets difficult. Student going to school, athlete on a team, worker at a job, keep your faith intact by keeping an eternal perspective. As we walk with God daily, persecution will show us, will show us the measure of our faith. This pandemic has revealed to us what's important to us. Can I get an amen? Shows us the measure of our faith. When things are difficult to do, and yet we do them anyways because they are right to do, it shows us the measure of our faith. In fact, faithfulness reveals our faith. Faithfulness is the measure of faith. When we walk in a more convenient state instead of a more convicting state or a more committed state, it shows us the measure of our faith. Faith doesn't take the easy road. Faith walks into conflict. It doesn't avoid confrontation. Faith brings the person of Christ with us wherever we go, recognizing that just as I was preaching a moment ago and he spoke into my ear and said, don't forget to say this, he will do the same for you. Do you believe that this morning? The Holy Spirit of God lives within you and he will do the same for you that he just did for me this morning. 
He will whisper to your heart, say this, do this, be this. Persecution shows us the measure of our faith. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11, and this is where I want to challenge you to read the entire chapter. For the sake of time, I'm going to just grab these few verses, but I want to challenge you to read the entire chapter of Hebrews 11. This is called the roll call of faith or the roll call of the faithful. It's an amazing chapter. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. We must have faith, and our faith is displayed in our faithfulness as we see at the end of this chapter. Coming toward the end, we see in verse 37, they were stoned. Those who believed in Jesus, who lived like Jesus, loved like Jesus, thought like Jesus, gave like Jesus, and acted like Jesus, for the sake of Jesus, they were stoned. He didn't deliver them from the stoning in the moment. They were sawn in two. They were not delivered from that torture in the moment. They were only delivered in the moment of their death as they ascended up into glory. And they, listen, they stand at the bottom of the altar crying out, Lord, when, how long, how long, how long? Read the book of Revelation. It's beautiful when it describes the martyrs of Christ. Folks, they were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, were slain by the sword, wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. Why? He explains it for those of us that live in this century. They were in sheepskins and goatskins because they were destitute. They had lost their occupations because they were believers. You don't think it can happen? Look at World War II. Follow your history books. The Jews were persecuted in Germany. They lost their occupations. They lost their property. They lost each other because people in power decided that they were subhuman. These Christians in this century, it's no different. They were stoned, slain by the sword, sawn in two, wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. But look what it says in verse 38. Probably one of my favorite passages in the entire New Testament. Just the first part of this verse. Of whom the world was not worthy. That phrase just gives me chills. Because I want that to speak about me. I want to walk in such a way and follow Jesus in such a way that those that reject Him who know me, God will say that we're not worthy. We need to walk such a walk that the life of Jesus shines out from us. And sadly, in some of our cases, our opinions, our druthers, our politics, our persuasions get in the way of our Jesus. Are you more known for your belief in Christ 
than you are for your favorite football team? Than you are for your favorite political party? Than you are for your favorite candidate? Are you more known for Jesus than you are for your college alma mater? Are you known, more known about Jesus than you are because you own a business? Because you're a great craftsman? What do people know about you? When you die, what will they say about you? What will you leave as your legacy? This is what he's saying here. The world wasn't worthy of them. They left such a legacy that they could not be denied. What is your legacy? What are you leaving to those whom you're leaving behind? Will you leave hope and joy and peace in the person of Christ? Or will you leave something entirely and unfortunately different? What will you leave as your legacy? The Bible says this, Blessed are the persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when you are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. I want you to understand something that it says here. There's one little word in that top line. What does it say? Does that say yours will be the kingdom of heaven? Or does it say yours is the kingdom of heaven? Friends, we are living kingdom lives right now. We are living kingdom lives right now. Ours is the kingdom of heaven. We need to live like it and we need to bring it down to earth so people can See it, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This present tense idea, we who are saved, who have been forgiven and redeemed from our sin by coming to Jesus with a poor spirit, are part of the kingdom now. We're part of the kingdom now. And we have a responsibility to live like this. We have a choice this morning, you and I. We can choose to look in the right direction when suffering persecution and be blessed for it and turn our bruises into blessings. We can choose to rejoice or remonstrate. We can walk in joy knowing that we're in good company with those who have left a legacy for us. Or we can complain and become embittered and become hateful and turn within and refuse to give aid to those that need it. And refuse to love those who hate. I hope that you'll join me. And I hope that the Lord will empower me. To walk worthy. Of the calling. Which is placed on my life. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Do you know Jesus this morning? Could I have all heads bowed and eyes closed. If you are at home and you're listening to this message. The only way to live with an eternal perspective is to know the eternal one, Jesus. That's it. Do you know Jesus? The only way to rejoice when we're being persecuted is knowing Jesus and walking in His presence now. Do you know Jesus? And do those 
who are around you know Jesus. If you're watching this morning, or maybe you're here in the sanctuary this morning, if you were to die this moment, do you know for certain that you have a home in heaven? Do you know that your sins are forgiven, that you've been cleansed, and the righteousness of Christ has been placed upon you? If you don't know that, the Bible wants you to know it for certain. He teaches us, John, the great apostle, tells us that these things are written to us that we may know that we have eternal life, that we may know it. Not think it, hope it, wish it, but know it. Do you know Jesus? Do you know you've been forgiven and have a home? If you don't, will you trust him today? Hey, all, thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to know more, please go to our website, emmanuelhooksit.com, where you'll find helpful links and resources and where you can contact us directly. That web address again is emmanuelhooksit.com. Bless God, get out there, and be the blessing.